What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. Time for the Wells Cast. How's everyone doing? Man. Reality TV right now is just killing me. Sarah got me on... Selling Sunset. You know, it's funny. You know, the original iteration of this show was the Pratt cast with Stephanie Pratt, who was on a show called The Hills. And Selling Sunset, I believe the creator of The Hills also started Selling Sunset. And I have to be honest with you, I absolutely hate that show. But I also can't look away. You know, it's one of those things. I'm just rubbernecking this show the entire time. It's like, oh, everyone's such a vapid, terrible person, but I love it. Also, who's using this real estate agency? <laughs> Can you imagine being married and walking in to that real estate company with your wife? Your wife would be like, well, all right, turn f***ing around now. This is the Hooters of real estate agencies. Everyone's just a hot chick. And it just goes to show you how stupid men are. Not that all those women aren't like completely capable real estate agents. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're great. They're making a ton of money. Guys are like, hot chicks, hot chicks, hot chicks. Okay, I'll buy it. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, oh. oh you have long legs, pretty hair. Here's my checking account. The last four of my social and my mother's maiden name. It's not an indictment on the women that work there. It's an indictment on how stupid men are that they will literally. We're just completely compelled to do whatever beautiful women want us to do. It's quite sad, actually. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to be a man, but it's true. Show's good, though. But I also just don't think anyone's, like, going to them really to buy real estate. I saw, like, the one episode with Karamo on, and I'm like, you're not buying this house. You're there to, like, promote your thing. You're there to promote Queer Eye and, like, whatever your other side businesses. You're not going to buy this house. But then the other one. Oh, my God, guys. Love on the Spectrum. I'm going to go ahead and say something that I don't know if you're going to agree with, but whatever. I'll, I'll say this. Best reality television show that's ever been made. If you haven't seen Love on the Spectrum, you need to watch it. 
It's a reality dating show about people who are on the autism spectrum and they find it hard to date because they have social issues and developmental issues. But it's so interesting because they're so direct. It's almost like you wish that people who weren't autistic were more like this because then the dating world would be so much easier. Hey, Mark, would you would you date someone who doesn't like dinosaurs? And he's like, no, no, I would not. I would not compromise, you know? <laughs> and I love that. I'm like, man, what wouldn't I compromise for? You know, like, what are my things where I'm like, nope, hard pass, line in the sand, dying on this hill, no way. If you want a feel-good show, it's going to make you laugh, it's going to make you cry, dude, watch Love on the Spectrum. It's on Netflix or whatever. It's so good. I can't tell you enough how much I think that show is super rad. Speaking of rad shows, you guys remember Wizards of Waverly Place? Of course you do. It was a staple for a lot of millennials and Gen Zers, Gen Xers. I don't even know. I think Gen Zers. Yeah. Well, today on the show, we are going to have someone uh, from Wizards of Waverly Place. A kid that started acting at the age of five, doing local commercials, modeling, and was making his own movies, writing his own skits. At the age of 12, booked a role on a show called The Pits. Was on a little show called That's So Raven. Also worked on NCIS, Judging Amy, House, Cold Case, How I Met Your Mother. And then, of course, a leading role on Wizards of Waverly Place. That ran for over 100 episodes. To this day, the youngest and only actor on a Disney show to write an episode at like 17 years old. Yeah, he's a great actor. That's probably what you know him for. But he's really diving into the behind the scenes stuff director role, writer role. And coming up in well, just a couple of days, he's got a new movie out that he produced with his good friend, Selena Gomez. Oh, by the way, he also acts in it. He directed it. He also had a hand in writing it. There's literally nothing that this kid can't do. So coming up on the Wells cast, an episode that is just so cool. Stick around. David Henry is on the Wells cast. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. 
Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, welcome into the Wells cast. Very excited to have the man, the myth, the legend, David Henry on the show. How are you, my man? I am good. I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Grateful uh, to be here on the show. Dude, you were a part of one of the most iconic YA shows ever, right? You know, it's crazy, man. Wizards of Waverly Place has gone to the whole world. And when you're making the show, you have no idea, you know, what the response is going to be. You have no clue how it's going to be received. And it's even more meaningful now. People come up to me and they're like, you're my childhood. You didn't expect that going into the show, but it's so nice to hear that you put a smile on someone's face and, you know, you're you're a warm feeling for people. I, I, I'm just grateful and humbled and, you know, it's a nice feeling. I mean, yeah, you, you started this really early. You did a couple projects. I was reading up on you. You did a couple projects kind of before the show, but then you get on this gigantic juggernaut of a show at that age. Did you have any idea like what the hell was going on? Did you have perspective on what was unfolding in, on the TV? You know, not really. I, I was not prepared for it at all. I had been acting since I was little, and I always wanted to do a Disney Channel show to get to actually act with people my age. I had always done adult shows like NCIS and just a bunch of more adult judging Amy and without a trace, like adult stuff. So I never got to act with kids. I like loved Lizzie McGuire and even Stevenson. I knew those were big hits. But no, there was no amount of preparation that could happen for the show. And um, just, you know, it, it skyrocketed, man. It skyrocketed. And it was, it was uh, fun to be a part of. Did you have any idea like what type of entertainer Selena was going to become back then? We had some thought because Miley Cyrus had blown up from Hannah Montana and she kind of became the first real huge triple threat, threat of like actress, singer, dancer, um, then movie star. Like, So she had come up before us, so we knew it was possible, um, but we didn't know what was going to happen with Selena. And even in the early on, she wasn't singing like in the first season, but then she started to. So um, we're just it, it, it's it's no surprise in, in, you know, looking back on it, what happened. But at the time, we didn't really know what was going to happen. We knew they had special plans for her. We didn't know how big. And in fact, she wasn't even in the pilot. The, the original um, pilot was 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 very different than what you see now. Um, so it wasn't like always a starring vehicle for her. They totally changed the show to what we see now. And then it became a big you know, vehicle for her and then took off. So it's no surprise of what happened. Speaking of Selena, you guys teamed back up to produce a film together. You're, I guess, acting in it. She's not, but she's EPing in it. The movie's called This Is The Year. I don't understand what a virtual movie yeah. premiere, what does that mean? It's a lot of words. So this was something... You know, necessity is the mother of all invention. And we had a theatrical release for the film planned. And when COVID happened, we obviously lost that. And we didn't want to give up and be like, we're waiting until 2022 when it's safe to, you know, release a movie. 
So we said, let's do something different. Let's, let's take a pay-per-view model, a live pay-per-view model where you bring someone an experience live and let's welcome fans to, to, to join us in that effort. So basically we said, let's have a live premiere. You know, you, you've been to premieres. I've been to premieres. So many people haven't. We're, we're very lucky by way of our work to get to go to a very exclusive thing. Let's make the premiere atmosphere live, direct to consumer, and have fans come experience it with us. So we'll do a live Q&A before and after the film where we'll welcome fans. Um, a performance by Lovely the Band. They'll do, you know, multi-platinum artists. They'll do a, a live performance for us. And um, let's just give them a live, fun, feel-good experience. People want to feel good right now. People are trapped indoors for noble reasons, obviously. But um, they want to feel good. And this is a feel-good movie. Uh, Selena and I are going to be on camera again for the first time in eight years. So that'll be nostalgic and feel good for people. And it all benefits COVID relief, which is great. We're benefiting the plus one uh, COVID relief fund, which will um, do some good. So it's kind of like a one-time only win-win live event with all of us where we watch the movie and have fun together on uh, on a Zoom. Is this the new normal going forward? Like, are you guys the first but not the last? Well, we'll definitely be the case study. That's for sure. <laughs> um, this is the first that someone's done this. Uh, obviously, bands have done live events, uh, especially when COVID hit and have been very successful with that. Com Stand-up comedians have done live events, which have been very successful. So I think it's a natural progression for people with film sitting on a shelf to be like, I need to do something with this. I need to do something, uh, a way to, you know, get my film out there. And so we're definitely the case study. A lot of people are talking about it. And um, I don't think it could be a bigger case study with the kind of people we have involved. So we're we're hoping this could be a new normal because it's disruptive, man. This this doesn't interfere with any downstream acquisitions. This is like literally a found uh, – you would – Producers would call it found money because it's a, a new way to get the film to everyone and it doesn't impact the way you would sell the film down the line. So it's it's kind of a win-win for everyone. We're, there's a charitable component. Um, we're getting the movie out there and it's feel good. Like I, I hope people will be smiling the whole time. Um, so it definitely will be a bit disruptive and a new model for sure if it works. Yeah, I was watching the video to promote the pay-per-view deal that you and Selena were doing. And you guys were talking about how, like, in this time, you really kind of do need a feel-good moment because it's just so much shit swirling around us right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Everyone, go to uh, thisistheyear.film to buy your tickets and everything. I think it's such a cool idea because then it really lets anybody from any, like you don't have to, to go to the Chinese theater to like see this. Like anybody and anywhere can go do it and be a part of it, which I think is very, very cool. You go and watch it and then what happens? Like, so then like next week, is it streamable or are you waiting down the road to then have like another theatrical release? How does that work? Correct. Yeah, it, it, it's a great question. So yeah, we'll have this event on the 28th, this live fun experience. And then after that, we are already talking to a lot of different partners to give them the film. So there'll be a handoff towards the end of the year. So this is like our big splash moment. A lot of people are going to watch it with us. And then towards the end of the year, there'll be another moment where you can suddenly watch the movie whenever you want at your leisure. But this is the way to really help us get the best person down the road to partner with to release the film. Well, it's a cool idea. Now let's go into what the story is about, because I don't know, going back to like my high school and college days of getting a bunch of idiots together and jumping in a car and like going to a concert. And I think that that's kind of like the idea of the storyline, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a dude. It's a it's a class. I was a fan of like. 80s coming of age movies and just all coming of age movies I was the biggest fan of um they really spoke to me and so I wanted to kind of harken back to those but do it in a more modern way so you'll feel some throwback vibes in the film to those older movies there's some homage moments but we wanted to do it with much more current themes and flip a lot of the tropes that those movies established on their head especially with female characters and female friendship wanting to show authentic female friendship and not cattiness or competitiveness and our female writer, Sienna Aquilini, did a great job with that. So there's a lot of empowering messaging behind the film. And it does have a lot of the fun you were talking about. It is a road trip film. They are seeing an awesome band, lovely the band perform. But there are some deeper conversations had along the way and deeper realizations. There's a love triangle thing that happens. It's a, it's a, a classic story, kind of updated and told from a directing point of view in an interesting way. Like, you know, no one's going to reinvent the wheel when it comes to like love triangles. Like those have always worked since the beginning of time. It's something we all know we're all familiar with. Got to probably guess the ending, but it's about how you get there and the fun you have along the way and kind of how it's told. So I embraced all of those classic themes and kind of just updated it and, and worked really hard to tell it in a visually interesting way. So it keeps the story moving. So it, it kind of has some Edgar Wright vibes at times, um, but definitely has like some kind of wonderful 80s classic archetypes. So you are embodying the ghost of John Hughes then? A hundred percent. Zero doubt about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Standing on the shoulders of a giant. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Wait, so are you in it or are you directing it? So like, what is your role yeah. in it? Yeah, so I directed it and um, I was one of the writers on it. So I wrote it with Pepe Portillo. Um, Santa Aquilini and Bug Hall. So there's four of us who wrote it. And then I directed it and I played a small role, uh, a somewhat small role um, in the film. Okay. So, I mean, I, first of all, super awesome that you're diversifying, you know, like your Hollywood mark on things and writing and producing and directing is dope. But if you and Selena are working together, why the hell aren't you both in the fucking thing? <laughs> You mean a reunion? Oh, in the movie? Yeah. Uh, Selena and I have never, we've always just been good friends and we've never like ever stepped in a professional realm except for our TV show. And it, that, because what's always been most important to us is our friendship and not ever doing anything to muddy that. She had just been seeing the movie and giving me advice for years as I went about writing it and producing it, developing it, and then directing it. She was always along every step of the way as a friend would. And she was super supportive and gave me fantastic advice all along the way and recommendations and tips. And so when she finally got to see the film, she was like, David, I see so I love this genre. I see so many teen coming of age movies. And the message a lot of times doesn't make me feel very good or I think is very empowering, especially to women. And she was like, and your movie did that. And I, I, I want young girls to see this message. I want to get behind this film. So it was a very organic process to be like, well, you've kind of already been executive producing this thing for you know years now. Why don't why not make it official? Uh, and she was super excited to to get on board and get behind this. So it 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 was uh, something that happened super organically. Um, and I don't think it could have happened any other way. So we're 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 excited. We're excited. Everyone out there, go get your tickets now. This is the year dot film is where you go. I've just seen the trailer for it and the promotional videos and it it does look awesome. And if it's anything like any of those like you know, my favorite 80s John Hughes coming of age films, then uh I'm all about it, dude. So congratulations. 
I think that one of the craziest stats that I learned about you whilst prepping for this was that you had written an episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. You did it before I think I even could read and write. Like, (laughs) first of all, like, how did you even have the idea to do that at such a young age? And then also, how are you able to, like, execute something like that? Thank you for bringing that up. That This is like... how I kind of got in the business was writing and directing. Like I was just a little Italian kid in Arizona with a big family and no connections to the industry. And when it was someone's birthday, I would take a video camera and I learned that if you hit stop and record at certain times, you could play it back. And it was like a movie. You could move the camera. And if I stopped it at a certain time and move the angle, it would work seamlessly. And so when it was someone's birthday, I would parody them and I would give it to my family and it made them laugh. And it, we'd be eating pasta and I'd play the video and people would laugh. And that's kind of how I got in the business is I was able to show that to my family and then beg my parents to like call someone in Hollywood, even if it seemed like a scam, just to like, get me, get me an audition, an opportunity, something. And so I was always writing from the time I was eight, nine years old when I started acting. And when I got on Wizards from day one, I said, I want my shot to write. I love writing. I want my shot. And they said, well, we're not giving it to you just because you're an actor you need to go write spec scripts and submit spec scripts for other shows. So I wrote a couple two and a half men spec scripts and those were good enough to get me in the writing room. And then I started pitching jokes and then I finally started getting scripts and I I wrote multiple scripts for the show. And, uh, it was, it was a a dream come true. Uh, really was a dream come true. How old were you when you were doing this? 17 or 18. That's yeah, I think am- I was 17. I, I, I was the only Disney Channel actor to ever, I don't know if that's been changed now, but at the time, the only one to ever write for a show, um, pr- pr- actually professionally write for a show. I mean, obviously you want to be like a five-tool player, right? You want to be able to do everything. What do you like doing the most? Is it acting? Is it writing? Is it directing? Is it producing? Like what's in your hierarchy of badassness? <laughs> I love the hierarchy of badassness. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that one for sure after this. Directing. I really like directing. I, I it to me, it's I'm such a visual guy. I've gotten to write and I've sold scripts and set things up and I've written enough to know that I it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard and it has this such small reward because you can you spend there's not it's not a nine to five. Like you're there till it works and then people come and shoot you down and you rewrite it and you change it and then you get notes and you, there's no, you are just in this like floating world, just doing your crawling to try to get it where it needs to be. And it's so hard and it's such a circular process. I'm, I'm with directing, there's more of a brackets around it. Like you can see it, it's tangible, you know what you're doing, you're delivering and um, I'm just more visual of a person. I'm so happy I've written professionally because I understand how that relates to the directing process, especially. But um, I, I, I love directing. It's where it all comes to life. It's where you can actually start to move people's emotions. And um, you can, obviously you do with writing as well, but we're in a visual medium. So I, I love, I absolutely love directing. I've written enough to know that I don't want to be a professional writer. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fully, full honest. I have so much respect for writers, so much respect because it is so much time they put into it that you don't see that's never accounted for. That's why it's, I think, probably the most important job 
in the entire process. And the mo- well, the, pro- the, the it, they deserve the most respect. You know, I come from the radio world and I mean, I hosted CHR, a pop show effectively for years in Nashville and Lovely the Band was a band that I was very familiar with. So I think it's awesome that you, you kind of like use them. I assume they're somewhat of a character in this movie for you guys. 100%. I'm just curious, like, how do you decide on what band you use was like you're friends with them or like it would make sense for the for the movie or like they were the cheapest in terms of getting them to do like how does that work (laughs) yeah so to me it was all about the ending of the film i knew that the ending of the film was going to be shot it would need to be like a dance like Mm -hmm. the end of the film is like kind of an actiony sequence there's a lot of running there's big set pieces it's it's a lot and it's all to the final song so the band is like playing their a a crescendo playing an epic song at the end of the concert. And that's where a lot of our action takes place at the end of the film. So I knew that that song was most important. I needed to find the perfect song. It had to have the right momentum and everything. And we needed that before we shot the film. So I could literally choreography to the song itself. I auditioned a bunch of different songs of bands I was a fan of and lovely the band Maybe I'm Afraid was the perfect song. When I heard that song, I remember I was, I had it on my, speakers in my house. And the second I heard that, it just all came to life to me, came to life in a real way. And I was like, that's the song we have to get that. Coincidentally, the guitar player's father created Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay. (laughs) Completely coincidentally, I was like, this is the song. This is the band. Can we figure this out? We got to find this guy. And I got a call back like shortly thereafter. And my music supervisor was like, you are not going to believe this. I was like, what? Like, his dad is Todd Greenwald, created freaking Witches of Waverly Place. I was like, perfect, we're going to get him. Uh, and it was like a match made in heaven. They, they've been incredible to work with. So giving. Um, they acted in the film, too. They did a good job. Uh, it, was, it really was great. It was an awesome experience. Truly like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon thing right there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's the seven degrees of Witches of Waverly yeah. Place? <laughs> that, is, that was nuts, man. I couldn't believe that. That was nuts, nuts, nuts. I'm excited to, to see this film. Everyone out there, uh, again, you can go buy your tickets and, and be a part of the uh, virtual movie premiere at thisistheyear.film. I don't know if anyone told you, but the kind of the premise of this show is origin stories. And I like to talk to my guests just kind of like where they came from and how the hell they got here. So... You know, when we come back from this break, can we talk about how the hell you got on this show? <laughs> and I'll love it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick break. We come back more on the Wells cast with David Henry. Mother's Day is coming and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. 
So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, back in the Wells cast, got David Henry here on the show, excited about his uh, new film called This Is The Year. You can buy your tickets for this virtual movie premiere at thisistheyear.film. David directed it. You had a hand in writing it. Selena is EPing this thing. You're in it a little bit. <laughs> very, very excited for this thing. Everyone out there, again, thisistheyear.film is where you need to go uh, get your virtual movie premiere tickets. But I want to get on with the actual show, which is origin stories. I can't wait to find out how the hell you got to this place. You touched on it a little bit earlier about you wanted to get into Hollywood and you were doing that by kind of like directing with old camcorders and stuff. So tell everyone yeah. like where you came from. Great question. Um, uh, I hail from Arizona, mm -hmm. from the nice hot desert of Arizona. Uh, had no connection to the industry whatsoever. Didn't have a famous uncle or a dad who, I don't know, was a producer or anything. I, I was just a normal kid from Arizona who played ice hockey, believe it or not, in the desert. And uh, I had a big Italian family. And my grandfather, I ha still have a big Italian family. My grandfather was kind of like a class clown and super funny and always inspired me to tell jokes and play the guitar and tell jokes while playing the guitar. And when the first camcorders came out with a little flip out monitor, I figured out how to make a movie on it and just like press pause and record and move the camera around. And I would make sketches and parody my family members and parody my father, especially he was like a big weightlifter in Arizona. So I would like stuff my shirt with muscles and pretend I was him and just do do these goofy sketches that would make everyone laugh <laughs> to songs like Bad to the Bone. And I just did all sorts of silly things. I would do music videos like anytime 50 Cent would drop a new song back then, I would, of course, do a mu my version of his music video. And it was just silly stuff, but really led to my family saying, you know what, I think you have talent. We're going to try to find someone in Hollywood. And I got in contact with something that seemed like a scam, which was like a manager on e-news or something that represented kid actors and just cold called and they said hey if you want to take a trip out to california with your parents you, we can 
say hi to you. You can read a couple lines. And so we went to California. I auditioned and they said, you know what? You're great. We want to put you in front of a Burger King commercial. There's a local casting for Burger King, a national commercial. Stop in before you get back on your plane to go back to Arizona and we'll see what happens. And so I got to the audition and I remember everyone there was like super trained kid actors. Like they knew what marks were. They knew like what the lighting was. Like they were like little robotic, like, like kids. And I remember just being like, whoa, these kids are like weird. <laughs> like this is not normal kids. Like something's up here. And so I just walked into the room with the director and he had a hockey jersey on, a Maple Leafs jersey on. And I started talking hockey with him and I was just having – shooting the breeze with him having a good time and at the end of it he was like all right well yeah i think you got the role um he's like you just do that on camera right and i was like yeah acting's great (laughs) (laughs) i love this world and at nine years old i just started working i got that like several other commercials then started doing tv and then became series regulars on some fox shows uh one was like Method and Red with the rappers Method Man and Red Man. I was like this 14-year-old kid like in ep- every episode with them hanging out, like chilling in the dressing room with Method Man and Red Man. The 14-year-old white kid like just vibing with these guys. That was very coming of age. And uh, just started working like crazy from there and then got in Disney. And uh, that's kind of the, the, the long-winded story, origin story. Okay, so your parents, I guess, like break down. They're like, okay, we'll take – we'll go to L.A. and you'll do this Burger King commercial – you book, I guess you booked the Burger King commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you go back to Arizona. Are they like, uh, you got your commercial, like that's done. Or are they like, I guess now we got to move to Hollywood. What were the steps there? Absolutely. I was very fortunate to have a family that like very much didn't need me in a sense of we're working for our kid or our kid's going to be, you know, we're going to completely break down our family for our child, which a lot of child actors that happens where the parent suddenly works for the kid and then you have a weird, tough, a tough family dynamic, which can cause issues later. I was very lucky to have a grounded family. So they were like, look, you're a kid. What's most important is you being a kid. If you're not happy for any moments with any of this thing, you're out of there. But if you want to keep going, we're behind you. Like we take you to hockey practice. We'll take you to auditions. My mother and I would fly back and forth a lot. And then for like what's called pilot season, Um, I'm sure you know what that is, but for your listeners who might not, that's like the season where everyone comes to try to get on a show and you're there for like two months at a time. So we would come back and forth for a couple months at a time, but it was, it was a lot of back and forth to Arizona and California. And then eventually my dad was able to move his company to California. And we kind of all, when I was in my 16, probably I'd say, then he was able to work out of California full time. You move out to California, you start going to auditions during pilot season. What was the first thing you booked that was life-changing? It was called The Pits. So it was the first series regular that when you get a series regular thing, I'm sure you know that this is a huge deal. And Sarah would tell you too, like that's every actor's goal is like, series regular like that's our dream is to get series regular on a show that's the that's what you do it for you get out here to get a series regular gig and so i was 13 and it was the creators of the simpsons mike scully and julie thacker scully or executive producers of the simpsons and it was like a live action simpsons it was just crazy stuff for fox and it only went a season but um when i booked that that's when i was like that that changed everything for me because the second you're a series regular on a show you just you're at a certain level then and you you've set the bar and you kind of you you everyone looks at you a certain way when you have that 
And so I got that. And then the next season, I got another series regular, which was the Method and Red show. And then shortly thereafter, it was Wizards of Waverly Place. So the pits is what changed it all for me. That was another one where I was just, I think they liked me because I was just like a normal kid. Like I very much brought normal energy to the roles and it wasn't very like robotic. Um, so yeah, that, it was the pits. There's a theme here, like with the Burger King audition and this is, <laughs> yeah. is the theme like just be f***ing normal? <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway, 100%. I, I, I haven't been able to say it so concise, but that is the takeaway that I need to reflect on later in life. Just be normal. I love it. Wait, but were you on That's So Raven as well? Yeah. Yeah. So in between the those shows I was doing, Method and Red, I would go do That's So Raven. And they loved me because they were big fans of Method and Red. Yeah. And so it was like a, it was just a nice cyclical thing to be able to do an adult show and then a kid's show. That was super fun. I was so nervous to be around Raven because I like idolized her and she's still the sweetest. So it it, uh, it was a great that was a great experience. Okay, so you you book Wizards of Waverly Place. I assume you're one or two on the call sheet. This is a huge deal. Are you going to school <laughs> or do you just do this show? So it's homeschooled on set. So you have to do a minimum of like three hours a day on set. So I went to public school from kindergarten to seventh grade and then or kindergarten to eighth grade, I went to public school. And then I started getting on all these shows. So that's when homeschooling kicked in and they would give you a tutor on set. So I actually learned a lot from that experience. Like having the one-on-one -on -one teaching was actually very beneficial um, to me. And I had made lots of friends in the meantime, so it was good. But I stopped at about 17. I At 16 or 17, I passed all my high school classes. I just studied to pass the test. And so then I, I didn't have to go to school on set. All right. So then, you know, you, you book Wizards of Waverly Place. The show runs for, I mean, I don't know, a bunch of years. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred and something episodes. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Like, so what is your film schedule like? Is it once a week that you are doing the show is it multi-cam is it in front of a live audience correct yeah it's it's multi-cam in front of an audience and the work week was basically three days of rehearsal a day of pre-shooting with like green screen or big effects and then one day live in front of the audience which was awesome it was the the best experience ever to get the benefit of the of a play you know where you're getting you're feeling the vibe of the audience um but also have multiple takes which you don't have when you're doing a, you know, play or, or a show. It was awesome. So the show runs for, I don't know, whatever you said, over a hundred episodes. What happens once it ends? When it ends, uh, we all cry. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was very sad, you know, cause it was like our high school. We were all teens when we were making the show. And when we finished, it was like, yeah, we just spent five years together. And now we're, now we're all moving on. We're all going to new places. And when it ended, I really made a shift to want to start to produce and to do my own, kind of control my own content. Like I got into this business, as I just told you, like wanting to make an impact and like make people laugh or smile or give them good, good, good projects. And I just wasn't seeing a lot of stuff that really motivated me as a person. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be more involved. I, I want I just wanted to be involved in the right kind of projects that make me feel good and that I think can make a difference. And so I kind of shifted to more producing and writing after the TV show and formed my own company. And now now we're doing – I have a TV show on, on um, Netflix I'm producing, which we make an announcement on in a couple months. So I can't talk too much about that. But I'm excited about that. That's going to be a fun one for people to see and uh, in this movie and then some a bunch of other stuff behind it. So I, I kind of – 
went behind the scenes more, but still doing acting, but being kind of selective with the projects that that I'm I'm acting in. It's always interesting for me to meet really, really successful people. And I always try to like figure out like what the if you just boil it down, like what it is. I think that like the common denominator of a lot of successful people is having, you know, as many irons in the fire as possible because you don't really know what's going to hit, right? You getting that Burger King commercial might not have ever happened, but you also can fall back on writing and directing and producing and all that kind of that kind of stuff. And I think that that is a smart takeaway for all of the listeners out there looking to be successful because you never know what the thing is going to be that makes you successful. 100%. Yeah, diversify yourself and 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 try to have uh try to control your future ultimately. That was a big thing for me was you don't know what's going to pop. You know, you have to be able to, to split your time to focus on the things you need to focus on, but just be efficient with your time and have a, have a, a couple options, you know, because when that thing hits, you want to be able to jump on it. Do you have advice for people out there that, you know, whatever it is they want to be successful in, it doesn't have to be, you know, Hollywood, it could be a lawyer or whatever. But as, yeah. as someone who's successful, like what is like the one thing, because I imagine this happens to you because it happens to me a lot, which is funny because I'm like just stupid radio guy, but you'll come across <laughs> people and they'll be like, what's the secret? And I'm always like, I don't know, wait tables and work as hard as you can. You know, like that's, that's always like yeah. my advice. Like what is your advice when people come up and ask that, those questions to you? Kind of building on what, on your question, a lot of kids come up to me and they say, Hey, I want to be a famous actor. Yeah. What advice do you have for me? And to kind of dovetail into what, into your question, my response is always, you should do what you're good at and work hard at that thing. And that we're all good at different things. Like I believe everyone has something that they're, for lack of better words, made for, or that they're disposed to in a way. So figure out what that thing is. To me, that's like the most important thing. Like figure out what makes you uniquely you and that will have an outlet. Like, you know, you have an incredible personality and affable, friendly, look what you're doing right now. This is an easy conversation. This is incredible. You have a talent and a skill that you're great at that no one else can do like you do. And everyone has that, whatever that thing is. And it doesn't need to be an actor. Like you were saying, it can be a lawyer. It can be, it can be, it can be a janitor. It can be anything. As long as whatever that thing is, you figure it out. That's like the key is figure it out. And the way to figure it out is you just kind of look at what you're naturally inclined to and what you're naturally good at. People around you will tell you, oh, you're, you know, you, you'll hear common denominators and friends or family or people around you saying, you've got a great personality. You should try X, Y, and Z. Or you, man, you're a really hard worker. You should try this or that. Like figure out what you're good at because I think that's what will make someone happy. Whatever your skill is or your thing is, if you're doing that on a regular basis and that's your job, how can you not be happy doing doing that thing? It's meaningful to you, and it'll be meaningful to to others. So, so the, and especially when people are like, "Oh, I want to be an actor," try to kindly always pump the brakes and say, "Well, look, you know, it's not for everyone. You know, like you should if you have that talent, then go work hard at it. Get get classes and go see if you're actually good. Because a lot of people take classes, and some people are not very good. You know, like as much as I would want to be a basketball player, I suck. You know, it's just not going to happen. I can do it for fun and that can be a great hobby for me, but I, I, I would have a very lonely life if I tried to be a professional basketball player and it's never going to happen. So uh, my, yeah, my advice is always, that's like a long winded way of saying like, figure out who you are and then work hard at that thing, which is kind of what you were saying as well. Yeah. I've also heard that like, I want to be famous 
thing a lot. And if that's your driving force, it's first of all, it's never going to happen. Cause that's just not how it works. You know, you can, no. you can't like manifest fame. I get that. No, you can't. I just don't think you can. No. And also like you're doing it, going into it for the, such the wrong reasons. You should do it. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. you want to be an artist and you want to make good shit. Not because you want to walk on red carpets and sleep with supermodels or something, you know, like that's just not. Yeah, and you're gonna, it's you're gonna be unhappy because that it's so fleeting. It's yeah. so fleeting. Even if you were to somehow get it, like it's here today, gone tomorrow. It's <laughs> it's the, such the wrong reasons. You're you're building on sand. It's gonna be a miserable life. <laughs> like that's yeah. not what you want. David, dude, it's been so much fun chatting with you, getting to know you a little bit better. I'm really excited for this film. Everyone out there should be as well. It's called uh, This Is The Year. Buy tickets right now for uh, This Is The Year. This Is The Year dot film. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wish I would have asked you during this interview? No, no, not at all. You hit on all of it. I just want to mention again that this is a COVID benefit. So every uh, a dollar will go on every ticket purchase to COVID relief, which is which is super important to us, the COVID plus one 19 relief fund. And also to thank my, recognize my partners at Bold Entertainment who built this platform. Like what we're doing is there's no other, there's no precedent for it. We can't point and be like, they did a live premiere event and it did X, Y, and Z and was successful. Like these guys are taking a huge gamble because they bet on people and they believe in, in being disruptive. So I just wanted to recognize and thank them. Yeah, it's a cool thing happening on August 28th, so mark your calendars. You and Selena Gomez are going to be there for this virtual movie premiere, so you're going to be talking about the film, I assume, beforehand, answering questions and stuff, which is just such an... In like, if you're a fan of Wizards of Waverly Place or whatever, uh, this is m might yeah. be your opportunity to, like, actually converse with you guys, which is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. It'll... Bring a if you're a fan of Wizards of Waverly Place, you might want to bring a Kleenex because there'll be tears of nostalgia. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, I wanted to do some rapid fire questions. You down? Yes, let's do it. All right, man. This has been so much fun. Rapid fire questions with David Henry starting right now. What is your favorite pizza topping? Uh, meat lovers, all meat. <laughs> Who is your first kiss? Uh, da, 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 da. uh eighth grade. Um, what was her name? Alex was her name. <laughs> She would be so devastated if you didn't remember that. I'm not saying her last name <laughs> just to protect her, but there was someone named Alex in eighth grade. What was the first concert you went to? Blink-182 was the most awkward experience of my life because I walked in. I was nine years old. My parents were with me, and then a girl took her top off next to me, and I immediately was turned around and walked right out. <laughs> my, mom, my, my mom grabbed me and was like, we're out of here. Was it Alex? No, no, no. <laughs> It's not Alex. No, no, no. What's your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is when anyone does the dishwasher and they put the knives in sharp side up. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Who would you call to get you out of jail? My father. When you win an Oscar, who will be the first person you thank during your speech? My mother. Did you ever have a poster hanging in your wall? Uh, probably a Dragon Ball Z poster. I can't remember if it was my first, but Dragon Ball Z. So nerdy and so f***ing cool at the same time. Oh, I have Goku shoes. <laughs> Favorite superhero? Spider-Man. If superheroes were real and you could have a superpower, what would it be? I would want to fly just uh, quickly to just avoid um, traffic. <laughs> so LA! Yep, the worst. <laughs> I hate traffic. Favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time is probably Casablanca and then um, 
Life is beautiful. Oh, I'm sorry. We were looking for This is the Year, which is coming out <laughs> on August 28th. Like uh, that. I like that. David Henry, thank you so much for being on the Wells Cast, dude. You rock. Um, when this is all, uh, when the pandemic is over and everything, please let's all hang out and, you know, actually meet each that, other man. in person. I would love that. I would love that. And uh, again, congrats to you and Sarah uh, on all that. And tell her I said hello. I will, man. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day, man. Peace. You too. Later, dude. Thank you, bro. What a nice guy. Also, how freaking talented. Actor, check. Director, check. Writer, did it when I was 16, whatever, check. Producer, yeah, why not? Really good guitar player. We didn't even talk about his music, but check. Making out with chicks in the eighth grade. Alex says check. David Henry, super talented guy. Really hard worker, obviously. Really cool show. I really enjoyed that entire conversation. Um, I was looking at some reviews over on like at the Apple store and stuff. And for the most part, everyone's like really, really positive. But I, I realized that like I don't talk about like asking you guys to give reviews and stuff. But uh, it does help with the algorithm of more people listening to it and being familiar with this show. I mean, aside from like, I would love it if you do like the show. If you don't, I don't then don't worry about it. But if you do love, love the show, tell your friends about it because then more people listen and then we can get like even bigger guests like David like on the show. And then I make more money, which is also important. <laughs> but also the rating and reviewing the show is super helpful and that helps with the algorithm of like getting more people to listen to the show. So if you do like the show, if you don't, don't go give it a bad review actually. But if you do love it, go give it the five stars or however many stars you think you deem worthy. And then also I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So you can leave messages there and, and reviews there and I will read them and acknowledge them on the show. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to make a sandwich because I'm hungry and that's about it. I love you guys so much. Okay, bye. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.